Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Access All Areas. I am Stephen Lane. And I'm Bobby Norris. How are you, babes? I'm very good. Although I will admit, a week of solid Queen news has battered me a bit. I, I'm quite tired, quite exhausted. Uh, what have you made of it all? It's been a, been a big week, hasn't it? Such a big week. Um, I mean, obviously, I just think the funeral, everything about it is just, I think it was done so well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like When you kind of see like, the pageantry that went into it and... Uh, it, it was an event, wasn't mm. it, really? And um, definitely, just something that we don't see every week. So yeah, I, I think they they definitely did our proud. Um, I think it was a lovely, a lovely event. As, I mean, as lovely as a funeral can be. Let's have it right. Mm. But do you know the bit that got me? I mean, I think I was saying last week when obviously when it's the the grandsons, we see William and Harry. That always kind of chokes me because I always remember them behind Diana's coffin. Mm. Um, but for me, this time, which is going to probably sound weird to some people, was when I saw the Queen's Corgis. Yeah. It literally ripped my heart out. Mm. Oh, God bless them. Which some people are going to be like, Bobby, they're dogs. But to me, dogs are dogs are the best. And yeah, bless them. But thinking, oh, where, where's our mum? Uh, I've got this thing where I kind of put human emotions onto animals. They might <laughs> be thinking that, but I think dogs are very clever. Um, mm-hmm. The fact they were just waiting, I just think it was a lovely, lovely little tribute. I agree. Yeah, I thought um, I, I did watch like all six hours of it. Uh, me and my friend. Um, it was quite like by the end, I was a bit delirious. It was a lot of um, a lot of uh, wind instruments and drum beats and marching and you know all this. Uh, choral music um, but yeah I do think there was some really touching moments I agree with you on the corgis everyone's aware of the Queen's love of a corgi right yeah. um, and I know from writing about it uh, in the last couple of weeks that she's had corgis since she was like a child um, and over the years she's had over 60 corgis um, and they're all they're all um, directly descended from one of her corgis called Susan that she had no. when she was a teenager. Yeah. They're um, all related back. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, and then she's had a couple of other dogs as well. Apparently she's had some Dachshunds and um, Pugs and other sort of small dogs. But the corgi is like the one that everyone will forever associate with her, right? I was um, reading that the, uh, which I mean, I guess is no surprise, but um, the sales and the demand of corgis since the Queen's passed away has gone through the roof. Like, everyone's a corgi now. Yeah, well, they're a real, like, almost like a British uh, uh, sort of staple, aren't they? You associate them with the royal family. I don't think there's, like, any other sort of animal that you do the same. Although I do think that the other... So there's some of the other moments I was really touched by was actually her horse, Emma, oh, um, God, yeah. that they that they brought out. And she had one of the Queen's headscarves on her saddle. Oh. Um, <laughs> you get emotional, Bob. It, it's animals to me. I yeah, yeah. I'm well, an animal to people sometimes. <laughs> and I think probably the Queen did as well, to be honest. I, I think um, I think that's not that's not. Um, beyond the realms of possibility, but also actually at the very, very end when she, her coffin was being lowered into oh, gosh, yeah. uh, the crypt um, and there was the bagpiper, the lone bagpiper that sort of walked through the, uh, um, the uh, sort of, what's it called, like a tunnel 
um, and just into the distance and it slowly got quieter and quieter. And I'm not really one for a bagpipe. I'm, I'm the kind of person that's relieved when a bagpipe stops playing. Um, but um, that I found really poignant because she was woken up every morning by bagpipe, right? So she clearly loved the sound. She was very, very connected to Scotland and Scottish culture. And I think for that to be the last thing that you hear associated with her, oh, that really got me actually. And I'm not a royalist, I really am not. Um, but I appreciate the historic, historical nature of it all. And um, that I did find that quite like a poignant and emotional moment. Um, Absolutely. And it was just flawless, wasn't it? Mm. Every single person involved from like the walking to, 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 to which in itself is going on people walk, but just everything to an inch of its life was just perfect. Like, mm. and the pressure. How many people do they reckon? I saw somewhere, someone said five billion people in the world would have seen. possibly, possibly. I can't yeah. even comprehend that kind of number, but to know the world's watching. Mm. Um, and the guys that carried the coffin. Oh, the pool bearers, yeah. Mm. Incredible. And yeah, um, imagine being their, like their family or something. You'd be so incredibly proud of them, wouldn't you? I mean, they really did themselves and their service proud, I think. Some of them, they look so young, some of them. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think some of them had literally flown over a, a week before they're actually in service at the moment. And they've come over to, to do this. And I guess they're going back. Yeah, and actually that's their job. They're like official pallbearers. Like that is actually something that they train to do. Um, and the pressure's on doing that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, anyone's coughing, you, you want to do it right. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. gosh, when you've got the queen on your shoulders, like, <laughs> there ain't no bit Different level. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I definitely found the whole thing. I mean, I thought Charles handled it very well. The one thing I was I was a bit sad about and so I saw some people mention actually online was how there wasn't any sort of personal things from the Queen. You know, at people's funerals, quite often you'll get just some sort of note about the person or the kind of person that they were. There wasn't really any of that. And I mean, maybe that's there, there was another service that was going on in the evening. Maybe that would have been more with that involved. But so that means for the whole of the Queen's life, from birth to death we knew nothing about what she actually thought about the world or um her job really other than that she was dedicated to it oh, and i think that probably is what goes to make her so popular where yeah. people because especially you know what the world's like now with the the height of social media everyone has mm. opinions i mean mm -hmm. yeah, we, we all do um but i think for the queen that the fact she's so loved as well is because she never gave her opinion publicly. So, mm -hmm. so whether it was politics or anything, I'm, I'm sure behind closed doors with family and friends, sh she would. But oh, yeah. maybe because she, you can't offend anyone because no one can disagree with you. So that kind of almost doubles your, your likability because no one actually knows what you truly think. And True. I guess that, that's the air of mystery behind the royals, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I think... That's it. I just I think I would have just liked to have known something, something of her, like I don't know, but I do get it. I mean, it, I don't want to wrap it up too quick, but I will say the other big showbiz news this week has been kind of related. I think you've probably everyone's probably seen by now all the drama surrounding this morning and the and the cues and the and the and the apparently pushing in line. Um, 
Yeah, what I did have you to say when you saw all that? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, initially, I was when I saw the pictures, I was like, oh, well, that doesn't seem right. Um, that they that Holly and Phil got Holly Willoughby and Phil Schofield got to sort of go into the uh, into the uh, Westminster Hall um, without having to queue, especially when other people like David Beckham, Suzanne Reed, and Sharon Osbourne they'd all queued up. Um, but I do think there it's been a bit of a pile on. Um, you you may not like Holly and Phil or or even this morning, um, but in, to my mind they were recording outside and stuff, weren't they? Meeting people in the, in the crowds and, and all that. Um, maybe they didn't have to go into Westminster Abbey, but they didn't push in anyone's way. They, you can see in the video footage that came out about them. They did, they're walking right behind everyone else. Um, and I don't know, I, I, it didn't lead to anyone not being able to get in. Do you know what I mean? Everyone that wanted to get in, got in. Um, so I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's been a bit of a pile on. Um, so I do I mean, feel a little bit sorry for them. Like this huge petition to to have them sacked from this morning and stuff. Yeah. Um, and again, like it's saying about social media, you know how quick news spreads. And I think obviously it, it's turned out to, to not be factually correct from clips that I think have now been seen. But it was alluded to that they had pushed in in, in front of people. Um, and particularly, I can't remember, it was said it's been retweeted so many times, someone saying that she was with a disabled mother-in-law or something, and there was all this kind of thing around it. Um, but like I said, I think it's it's the, the nature of the beast with social media as well. The minute something goes out and starts getting traction, yeah. getting retweeted, um, I think it's good they addressed it on the show, though. I mean, yeah, I agree. could it not? Um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's kind of mad to think, I can't remember what the last figure was I saw. I mean, I only saw the front page of one of the papers today, but I think it was over 25, I don't know, 25,000 signatures or something like that. Yeah, I think it's gone up. I think it's close to 40,000 signatures Gosh. now. But I can't, I can't think that every one of those people, I don't know, it seems a bit odd to me. They probably didn't see the clips initially. They're seeing it based on all the retweets and the outrage without maybe knowing all of the background. Maybe they are really upset and, and maybe that's fair enough. Um, but I can see a situation in which, you know, the Holly and Phil would have had the decision made for them, not yeah. them saying, we must go inside. Um, and yeah, then they both jumped in an Uber and gone, let's blag it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just no, producer, cameras, and <clears throat> it has, there's been a segment on the show. So, um, I mean, this is the thing, especially something around as huge as the Queen. Of course, everyone's going to have their opinions on it, and that's fine. But I, I think the fact that filming has taken place kind of has to be taken into consideration that it, it was almost being reported on mm. um, rather than they've turned up on their day off. I am interested to see if any other journalists got that same level of access um, because there wasn't any filming allowed inside Westminster Abbey, apart from obviously the official mm. cameras on the feed. But, you know, I don't know. I, I feel bad for, for the fact that it's got as out of... As big as it's got. Uh, yeah. The gene is out of the bottom now, and it's kind of, it's just become such a huge thing now. Um, but I was reading that, I don't know if it was, if it's all working MPs, but they was given passes for them and three family members. So really, 
yeah, so I think, I don't know if that's because obviously it's like that they're working or for, for them to pop in, but um, they kind of were passes allegedly given to, to MPs to kind of turn up with like family or yeah. wanted to kind of jump in and, well, not jump in the queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, but to kind of... Well, there were some people that got to... Hours. Yeah, I mean, and, and you did see that um, world leaders... You know Joe Biden and uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand and, and and all sorts of other people were were didn't have to queue. Um, you know it wasn't, and you can understand why that is the case. Um, uh, so I don't know. Like it's yeah, it wasn't it wasn't quite like a as straightforward as everyone thought it it would be. I think. Um, but still, I mean, people. If people are upset, then they're upset, aren't they? And I, I wouldn't have wanted to think that if I'd have waited fourteen hours that someone had jumped in front of me. I don't know. I, so it's it's difficult story, isn't it? Really. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to be working behind the scenes on this morning this week. That's what I'd say. <laughs> uh, well, we have a super exciting um, show coming up today. We have um, from new Netflix show, Dated and Related, which when I first saw, I thought, hold on a second, are we now having, have we now got an incest dating show going live oh, on TV? No. Not quite that. Going ready for that. <laughs> um, we have uh, Nina and Diana, um, who, funnily enough, themselves are on this morning today, um, coming on to talk about that. Uh, then we have uh, Finley Tap, Love Island winner 2020, um, coming on to talk about uh, all things to do with the show and also his football career. And then at the end of the show, we've got um, very exciting Brian McFadden. Uh, of Boys Life fame, formerly of West Life fame, um, coming on to talk about his tour, um, which he's about to go on. So yeah, super exciting stuff. I mean, I I have I've never actually met Brian McFadden, and I'm quite excited. I, I won't lie, he's a bit like of a pop legend, isn't he? Really. I remember having a little bit of a uh, a crush on Brian McFadden. <laughs> we won't tell him that. We won't go into that when it when he's here. Um, yeah, we won't mention that. Look, the amount of people that we've had on our show that at one point I may have had a crush on um, is probably too many to remember um, <laughs> at this point. And I'm not going to lie, Finley, who's coming on um, after the girls from, um, I keep wanting to say, yeah, dated and related. He's also quite attractive. So there is also some almost a little bit sad news um, this week for any Peter Andre fans. And I think there are quite a few. Uh, in the world. Apparently he's moving back to his, his native Australia um, because he wants to be close to his aging mum, which you can understand. Um, but he's, he's got four kids and two of them with Katie Price. I'm wondering if they're all going to go um, or or if it'll just be him and uh, Emily and the youngest ones. I, th I think it'd be sad to not have him as part of like our celebrity scene, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess I'm trying to work out how old Junior would be. Um, must be about 16 or something, wasn't he? Yeah, where they're slightly older, I'd, I'd be surprised if they was going. Mm. Um, I guess that's the hard thing as well, especially when your parents are together, to, to go to the other side of the world and to, to not be with your mum, it, it's such a long way, isn't it? But I'm sure they'll be coming and going. Has it been announced yet? Has he put a statement out? No, he just did, um, it was in his column, in one of the magazine columns that he has. Um, yeah, just saying that he's thinking about uh, doing it fairly soon because his mum's getting old. And you can understand, I really do understand that. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when you live so far away, Australia and UK, very far apart. 
but I think it'll be sad. That's all. I just think, um, you know, sad times if we don't have Peter Andre on our on our social scene or on some reality show or something. Because <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's, he's good at that stuff. Um, right. Well, we've got uh, one half of our first guests here. We've got Diana uh, from Dated and Related. So let's get her in, and then when Nina's here, we'll um, get her in too. Fubar Radio presents. Emblesworth. KSI and Randolph. Are you there, KSI? Yo, what's up? So, wh- wh- why are you having fights with people? Well, I mean, obviously, i got to show that I'm the best boxing YouTuber on YouTube. What is happening in Brixton? we got a show. we got, like, our, you know, London show. And what happens in that? Is that all singing and rapping, or is that a bit of fighting and all chucked in for good fun? <laughs> I mean, if, if you punch me, nothing would happen, though. I'd just be like, did a fly hit me, or <laughs> I don't know. Look at this. I reckon if I keep pushing their buttons in the right way, they'll start fighting each other right now. <laughs> We're joined by Katie Manning now in the studio. You nearly fell off your chair. I'm very physical, if you know what I mean. I get very excited. And for a woman of my age, that's quite scary. How old are you, 38-ish? Oh, yeah, darling. Around 38. I could be your grandma, darling, because I'm 72. Why could you not be my girlfriend? (laughs) Yeah, do you not want to be... Do you like an older woman, darling? I I like anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Who says yes? Yeah, no, no, I'm like, I wouldn't have any... any I just missed my mouth then. That was... Maybe you should not have me. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Isn't it? Phaser is now sat opposite me. Well, we're all puppets, but I like to pull my own strings. Yeah, no, I don't think I, mean. I don't think we are all puppets, though. In, in, a, uh, in the entertainment, you know, like. Do you really think that? Punch and Judy type thing. Do you think? I'm not a puppet. You can be your own puppet. Not a puppet. You're not a puppet. Why are you? <laughs> you are actually a puppet. You had a guess. You've been made into a puppet. He has actually been made into a puppet. Yeah, haven't but, you? Yeah, but I'm, it wasn't. It wasn't like a voodoo puppet or nothing puppet. like that. Yeah, like I, a... I actually have a, I have a big collection of voodoo dolls at home. No. And really, I've been pulling up little teeth recently in them. So, I, and you have been going to the dentist. So I wouldn't be there. surprised if you did have. <laughs> a of that, that actually wouldn't shock me. We're joined now by Alex Fox. I'm not a fan of Fifty Shades. Those books are not well loved by many people on the responsible fetish community yeah. scene because they depict in many ways a problematic, dynamic, least exciting erotic series that I've seen in a while. I've virtually fell asleep watching those films. But that also... can happen after a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. If I'm late for anything, it's usually yeah, because yeah. I've had a wank falling fall asleep. I've sat in a nap, as I yeah. like to call it. Every Monday from 4 p.m. You're listening to Foobar Radio. Foobar Radio. Foobar Radio. Access all areas on Foobar Radio. Hello. Hello. Oh, you are both together. That's great. We, we, we were thinking this way, or should we have it? That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. Um, how are you both? We're good. How are we're you? good. We've been uh, having interviews after interviews all day. Yeah, I actually saw you on this morning today. So I oh, mean, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, that was did, so much fun. How did that go? Is it good? Honestly, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. What 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 Holly and Phil like? Amazing. So sweet. They're so sweet. They make you feel so comfortable. Like amazing experience. Yeah. Nice. Um, so tell us a little bit about Dated and Related. We were talking about it at the beginning of the show. I, I, I have, if you've never heard of it or seen it, explain a bit what it's about. So basically, the show is about siblings helping each other and wingmanning each other, finding love. So this show is more about not you only finding love, but you have to focus on your sibling. So it's kind of like a plot twist. It's not only for you to find love. You can't be selfish. You need to make sure 
your sibling gets a partner as well. And do you both have similar taste in partners? Usually, Crazy. usually not. But like right now, they're starting to they're starting to merge, merge, which is a bit annoying. <laughs> and is that a, is that a plus or is that a negative? A bad thing. I think it's a bad thing because now we're competing with someone who looks exactly the same as you. Yeah. <laughs> nice all down to personality, guys. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, fair point. So what made you want to sign up? Because, I mean, it's a little bit of a risk to get your sibling involved in your dating life, isn't it? Well, for us, it's not a risk because in real life, outside the villa, we do this on a daily basis. We always go on double dates. We don't like to go, like, alone to meet a guy. So when we do meet a guy, we usually tag along. You know what I mean? So for us, this was like a no-brainer. It was a perfect thing for us to do because we thought, hmm, now we can just do it on TV. And how did you find the whole filming process? The filming process was... They were filming 24-7. It was a lot of filming. No breaks. Um, Yeah, it was intense. But the thing is, you kind of forget the cameras are there. If you know what I mean. So, I don't know. We we did enjoy it. um, Because eventually you forget that the cameras are there. So you're just living life in a nice villa. And you have someone that you like around so it was it was quite nice yeah and are you happy with how it all went is there anything you would change I, uh, I don't think we would change anything there's nothing we could change but basically what I wish we did have was probably more time in the villa yeah so how long were you there in total for I think three weeks it was all in all three weeks yeah so it's like a nice long holiday, really, but being filmed. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was nice. It's like basically going to a villa with a bunch of strangers. You have no idea who is. And then, which was obviously a bit scary. Yeah. The thought it was a bit nerve wracking, but we managed fine, I think. And it was so like, that's why it was also good to have your sibling there because you're walking into blindness. Yeah. With someone at least. And how has life been post filming? Have you been like recognized and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, we have, and we find it so sweet because for us it means just like people are watching the show, which is yeah. great. And they're like, "Oh, I really loved you on the show," so that's really cute. And it's like a lot of cute girls. So yeah, mostly like teenagers yeah. and stuff. So it's really sweet. We, yeah, we, we and they're just... asking for like pictures and stuff, and it's so sweet. Yeah, and the thing is, we get recognized a lot together, but when we're separate, yeah, people we don't, don't really, really recognize us when we are separate. That's such a good point because I think yeah, yeah that's something you kind of forget like you because you now come as a package if you see yeah. just one people don't recognize you as much I can understand yeah, that <laughs> have you had any bad comments on people who've said or you know on, on social media or anything like that any trolling I think not on our Instagram but I've seen like all your <laughs> Nina is a bit toxic comments but that's just I don't know yeah we've seen some like comments not on our specific social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram we haven't but I think like other places on other people's pages, maybe like they're toxic or. That's okay. Yeah. So, so uh, not really. We've mostly got support, so yeah. which is really good. Sure. And people have created like fan pages of us, yeah, which so, is so sweet. Yeah, fan pages, wow. Yeah. yeah it's all this cute content. I'm like, can we post this picture? Yeah, they're making like <laughs> so many nice content of us, like remixing stuff that happened in the villa, which is sweet to see. 
So what's next for you girls? Have you got anything planned in the pipeline? So we're going to obviously focus on our social media platforms and then we're going to create a YouTube channel as well, but that will come eventually in the future. Uh, but yeah, we have like, that's the main focus right now. Yeah, definitely focus on social media and go from there. A lot of our followers, they love watching us like do things on the daily and like talk about makeup, hair, skin, skin like skin. acne problems. So we do like to interact with our audience in terms of that. So definitely that's probably where we're going to head and did you do a lot of that before? Yeah, but it was just like between us. But now I can share that with people on a huge platform and just get feedback, get other tips. So it's just amazing to have that interaction yeah. that we didn't have before. Yeah, that's one of the best things about doing these kind of shows is that it gives you such a big platform, doesn't it? To, yeah, yeah. And with all that interaction. And, and you like get so much tips back as well, which yeah. is great. So yeah, I can go online and be like guys need help with this and I'll get like 200 messages with actual help yeah <laughs> <laughs> I could do with that um so are you, are you both dating now did you meet people on the show what happened have you watched it no I haven't seen it yet ah, this is why I'm so yeah watched it. yeah um, I've seen some clips I've seen some clips but I haven't watched the watch the whole do you want thing. to spoil it for you or no no don't spoil it but yeah, just I don't spoil it for him. It. What I can say is like, yeah, we did meet people on the show, but don't say anything else than that. Like, what else happened, maybe? And we, I guess, we're still in contact with them. Yeah, yeah, and we're still in contact with them. Okay, got it. Well, still that's... in contact as in the odd message, or still in contact <laughs> as a physically. <laughs> maybe, some, maybe some cheeky kisses here and there. Oh, okay, okay. So, and this, this is both of you, is it? No, more than one of us. More me. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely like brave of you. What did did you have any other family or, or friends who sort of had something to say about you both doing it together? So I think all my friends definitely said this is a good opportunity for you both of you because you actually get the experiences together, and they all, all know that we always yeah. like we are always together. So this so for them it was like this is the no brainer. Yeah, this is like the perfect thing for you guys to do because. You guys never leave each other, like you never leave each other. So you should just do this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm impressed. Um, do you think you'd do any more reality shows after this, or do you think you you would just want to focus on the social media stuff? I think we, we do we love. To yeah, we open. Like we love being on TV. It comes natural to us. So it, yeah, we don't want to close that door. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> And it was such a great experience as well. And you develop so much as a person as well. You become more confident. You become more outspoken. It's just like a good experience. Yeah. And obviously, away from the show, your your siblings, twins, like, does that cause any problems in your life? Or are you pretty... I can tell you sort of finish each other's sentences. Yeah. You obviously... <laughs> we don't do that on purpose. But, but, that, but I've seen that a lot with, 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 with twins that are on TV and even ones that I know. Like, yeah. what's it like living as a twin? I guess you know, don't know any different. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We don't know any different. It's just like crazy. It can be tough sometimes because we, we, we have to get along. You know what I mean? Like, because we're with each other 24-7. And, and when we, I say 24-7, it's 24-7. And we need to communicate at all times as well because we share a closet. We share our social media. And we, everything we do is like, even if we go to a meeting, it's together. So if we have an argument, we need to just squash it yeah. straight away because we don't have time to argue because we have stuff to do. So it is... So we need to just like leave that behind. We'll argue maybe later when we've done our like things for the day and then we'll maybe do that. It's like being in a relationship. Yeah. So... 
tough. It's true what people say, like, do you feel each other's pain? If one of you treads on a plug, does the other one feel <laughs> it? But not like, from, for example, if, she, if, if she's hurt from far distance, I'm not going to feel it like that. But if I see it, I feel it as, as if it's me. And then yeah. I will really act on my emotions based on what has happened. Yeah. Like if I'm in pain, she's in pain mentally, if that makes sense. Yeah. It must be lovely to act. Because there's no bond like having a twin, I guess. I mean, I haven't got one, but I bet it's a lovely thing. No, it is. That's why, like throughout like our lives it's like oh we don't really need a boyfriend it's always been like that because we have each other and we don't need a best friend because we have each other so and even if we have a best friend we'll share that best friend and yeah. i would used to think it must be so lovely i mean especially if you've got a twin of the same gender where you because i think double your wardrobe yeah nice so double shoes double clothes exactly Happy days. Yeah. So if we need, like, if we want a pair of shoes, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy them. And then you buy those and we have both. Yeah. Goals. Yeah, totally. Right? But what is it? What are the things that you disagree about the most? What do we disagree about the most? It's mostly like, it's mostly stuff like the silliest things. Like, can you put this away? Or it's, it's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't clean this up. It's like, is this your plate? You know yeah, I mean? it's like the silliest stuff. We don't really have like huge arguments that, but we do, but we don't really disagree, like we don't disagree on things in life though. We have the same opinion usually. Yeah, and same viewpoint on things. So. Well, that, make, that makes sense if you live together and, you know, now work together and, and all of that, because how would you ever, it's because, because we're <laughs> outside that circle. Yeah, the thing is, we're tag team. So if I do something, she will do like another thing. We're a great team together. Yeah, like together, we're very efficient. Who's the messy one? <laughs> yeah, I'm not messy though. I'm not messy. I'm just messier. Messier, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I would, I don't think, I, I love my sister, but I don't think I'd want to be with her 24 seven. And I think she'd say exactly the same of me. Really? <laughs> I couldn't imagine being like, without you. Without, yeah, like, even like, because I lived a year in Paris and she lived here for a year and we were on the phone 24 seven until we fell asleep. Yeah. That is just crazy. It's like a yeah. marriage almost. That totally yeah, yeah, that's, that's why it's really hard for people to come into our lives. Yeah. Because we're so strong together. Uh, it takes a really strong person to really like hang out with us and like be with us or just or be her boyfriend or my it's boyfriend. just like we've never met anyone like us and when we went on the show we actually did we met ourselves in male version basically yeah. so another set of twins with the same kind of bond as us and just approaching them and having a conversation with them was like seeing it's us. like talking to two people it's like yeah, it was like when, seeing, yeah, it's like seeing us. Like, like we, we talk to two people, and then two people come back at you with their comments. You know what I mean? Like, and th and that's what we realized. We're like, wow, that's how people. Intimidating. That's how people look like. Look at us, kind of thing. Because we all have the same opinion. Could you, you see know? yourself marrying twins? No, that's gonna be so tough. That's gonna be so it's gonna be hard. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It's really hard. Barely survived the villa. With yeah, we barely survived like the villa. Yeah, I, watch I, this space. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? It might happen. <laughs> um, well, Nina Dana um, from Dated and Related. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, and um, and hope your day of interviews comes to an end soon because I know that can be quite intense. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care, girls. Bye. Thanks.
so much. Bye. Bye. Yeah, because Bob, Bob, you you're, you don't have a brother or sister, do you? No, I'm only child. It must be hard for you to even. I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, I love my sister, but you know, she came to visit this weekend with my, with my nephew. But it must be hard for you to contemplate what that must be like, because that's another level. That's yeah, like... I can't even relate to that. Like to me, I it, it, it's it, this normal is what you know, isn't it? So when yeah, there's yeah. only one of you. I mean, I would love to to have a brother or sister, but I do remember going for a stage of wanting a twin, but was hoping that we would have the same taste in clothes, we'd be the same height, we'd be the same. The reality is, if I had a twin, we probably wouldn't be wearing the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, the one bob is enough for the world. I <laughs> never, <laughs> never. We need two bobbies. <laughs> I'm sure they would hate my my style of clothes, and no doubt, God's <laughs> law, my bloody eighties. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I can see. But I that's mean, the perk of being a gay man, though, isn't it? It's almost the same. You get to double your wardrobe if your partner's a similar build. That is a very good point, but as of yet, I've never dated anyone of a similar build. So that's the end of that. <laughs> uh, right, our next guest, uh, Finley Tap from Love Island 2020, is here. So let's get him in. Let's do it. Hello, Finley. You're right, mate. Yeah, very well. Yourself? Yeah, really good. Thanks for joining us this evening. It's lovely Hello. to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having us. That's, uh, are, are you in your spare bedroom there? It looks very nice. No, do you know what? This is We're actually visiting Paige's family. So this is Paige's room. Um, ah, nice. Outside. Yeah, hence the pink bed sheets. <laughs> Lovely. I was going to say, but I didn't want to, you know. Uh, have you been? How's your summer been? Oh, it's been good. It's been good. It's... Ooh. Mm. Sorry, did I just go off there? Yeah, yeah, you're back now, though. I... Yeah, no, my summer's been good. It feels like it's just gone in a flash, though. Like, I always feel like up until summer takes ages, and then you quickly fast forward to, like, September, October, November, and it's Freezing just... cold winter. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I went in one shop the other day and one aisle was Halloween um, costumes and there was also Christmas decorations out. Here we go. There should, there should definitely be, there should definitely be like a law with Christmas decorations. I cannot stand an early Christmas decor. <laughs> I can't do it. It's happening. You can't fight it anymore. This is just the way it is. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so obviously you, you, and, uh, you and Paige came sort of to public fame in, in 2020, like literally just before the pandemic really kicked off, didn't you? Um, yeah, what, yeah. What's life been like for you since then? Oh, it's been crazy. It's um, it's certainly a lot different to what we were used to before the show. Um, mm. And it doesn't happen over a long period. It's so fast. Mm. So it's, um, it's a lot to get used to, but it's been brilliant. And I'm, you know, got not one regret and I'm so glad that you know we took the plunge and we both you know done the show together um yeah and two and a half years down the line it's still all good and do you look back on the experience with fond memories yes I think and what I've sort of spoke about before is whilst you're in there because you forget it's a tv show and stuff like that and I would say this is as soon as me and Paige started developing quite a strong relationship, all my mind was, was I want to get out. I want to experience normal life and stuff like that. So when I, I didn't really appreciate it when I was in there, but then when you look back on it, you're like, God, no, I want to go back in there. Like six weeks in the sun. Like it was just, <laughs> it was wonderful. You were in South Africa, weren't you? For that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in South Africa. And the annoying part is like, a lot of people say to me, oh, you're very lucky it was in South Africa. And I'm like, yeah, I was, but 
we were confined within the villa. We didn't really get to see too much. Um, yeah, fair point. So, I mean, a son's a son. I could have been anywhere, really. <laughs> I wanted a speech about football, mate, which ain't a conversation I say often. <laughs> <laughs> what can you teach me? Come on. No, so, yeah, football was, um, football was always something that I was doing before the show. Um, and then... I came out the show and obviously within this line of work, you never really have a schedule, um, just sort of here, there and everywhere. And I never really wanted to go back to football until I could, you know, know that I could turn up to every training session and know that I could play on the weekend and stuff like that. Because I'd hate if I was just, if I was a player and someone in my position was missing training and missing games, but it'd still play when he wanted to, I would hate that. And I can't expect me to be like that. And I'd be, a hypocrite, basically. Um, so I want to do it when I can give my 100% all to it and go back to it and go, do you know what? Yeah, this is what I need to do in this one. I need to focus my time on to go back into that space. Do you think it will be hard in terms of... Because when you've come from... I mean, even though football was your world before, when someone does a reality show, so it, it kind of follows you around... And yeah. people can almost use it as like a bit of a slur and be like reality this, reality that. Do, do you think there will be a bit of an issue, whether it's with the opposition's fans or with the other players of the other team? Yeah, certainly. I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's like, brilliant, I've got this platform and this could potentially mean that, you know, maybe clubs want to sign me because I might get a few more tickets sold or whatever that that is. Um but then you've equally got the side of it where, yes, opposition fans, opposition players, they might look at you and go, that's just that geezer from Love Island. Like, he, he can't really play football because you are, like you said, you're branded a reality star because you've gone on the show. But people forget you had a life before the show. And mm. just because you went on, you know, a six weeks holiday, it doesn't change that. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a strange one. And I think it definitely is playing on your mind thinking, Oh, I will get a bit of stick here if I go back. The thing is, though, I guess, do you know what? In in a positive light, though, like you say, it's probably got so many more positives when it comes to, to clubs and stuff like that. But I guess if someone on an opposition's <laughs> fan side of the stadium wants to shout something, whether it's that you're from reality, they're going to find something, aren't they? Yeah, so actually, yeah. it's... It's what six of one half a dozen of another. Because if someone wants to have a pop, they'll find something anyway. Oh, I defo. And I mean, if if what they can pop about is the reality TV, I'm like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't mind I mean, that. The irony is, I bet they'd love nothing more than you to, to be playing on their team. All right, well, that's yeah, that's if uh, my skills are still um, still there after this couple of years out. <laughs> yeah. So you're not playing with the team at the moment. No, not playing for a team at the moment. Um, what I've done recently is to try and get back into the football space is um, I went back to my old club and I was speaking to the youth team there about, you know, the, the young players there are going to make this transition between academy football and professional environment. And it's one that I've been through and it's one that didn't really go to plan for me. Um, didn't really take it in my stride. There's a lot of challenges and sacrifices that I maybe looked at a bit too naively. So I just wanted to go back into the club where I started my football sort of career, so be it a short one. Um, but just to give them a bit of insight on what's to go down. And I feel like coming from me, it's a little bit more relatable um, just because I'm sort of not too much older than them. 
And when I used to have workshops when I was at the club, you had sort of, you know, the old, older guys coming in and you don't want to come across like a bitter man that's never made it. And he's telling you, you're not going to make it. But you just like, you just want to give them the best advice you can. And if they want to take it on board, they take it on board. If they don't, fair enough, which mm -hmm. I probably didn't when I had these workshops. I was like, no, I just want to go out and play football. But you sort of just, I feel like it's just a way for me to get back in the football environment and give my experience and help where I can. I think that's a great idea. Like you say, because you are relatable. And yeah, that's true. You're going to sit down and listen to someone. It's not like you're an old boy. Do you know what I mean? You ain't no, exactly. Them, so actually coming from you as well, I'm sure they're going to take it on board and experience and knowledge is power, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And it's, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's not necessarily, I can't teach them how to have a, a long career in football and what they need and what attributes they need. It's just that slight transition between academy football and professional environment, which is very tough. It was very tough for me. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that find that. So it's just trying to, I say these little things. It might, you don't ever really know what's going to click with the boys. You know, it's, you, mm. you make this presentation, but you very soon go off track because you, you understand that they might need a bit this sort of information or that sort of information. So you sort of go in open-minded and the conversations just flow and it's quite easy. And you're, it's great, yeah, because you're able to use your experience for, for good and that and that is a great way to use it, right? Like, so, yeah, no, so, I mean, so many people just sort of disappear from it, what, the, what they were known for and um, you're able to help people and that's great. Oh, no, no, it should, it should be good, it should be good. Um, well, Finney, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it and, um, and, and best of luck with it. I hope it goes well. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Finley, mate. See you later. Mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Foobar Radio presents Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club. We're joined in the studio by Michael O'Hare. He's the man from Uncle. I thought, bloody hell, if there was ever a scandal, they'd say Uncle Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, someone's telling their story, but I'm actually quite well behaved, and my career never got to that level. Mm. So, uh, but it's also, fine. you never fucked your uncle. I never fucked my uncle, and I want that to go on the record. Can we have, <laughs> can we have that as he a He didn't, uh, little absolutely jingle? didn't. I absolutely did, 100% yeah, did he didn't. fuck you? Uh, anyway, so it's a very is, different thing, isn't it? We're just joined in the studio by Ingrid Oliver and we're discussing <laughs> fart jokes. Oh, favourite fart jokes? Have you got any favourite fart jokes? <laughs> by all means, write in to... I've been a fan of hashtag. Hashtag, I've got a fart I, for you. Yeah, considering I hate them, well, I'm really talking about them a lot. I really yeah. hate acknowledging... Yeah, anyway. so I saw a filmed insert with the band McFly and right. they're in like a limo or something oh. chatting. And one of them farted, oh, and no. it just really made me laugh. No, 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 no. I don't like a cartoon fart thing. <laughs> I like a fart joke where it appears like someone shat themselves or something. Oh, but <laughs> listen to Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan, fan club. club. We're joined in the studio by good old Jack. <laughs> My name's Jack Barry. Because the Meg is coming out, isn't it? Yes. Um, which is the film about the giant shark. It's, it's got the best line of any film I think ever made. Yeah. Jason Statham swimming around in his little, you know, like a one-man submarine. And a <laughs> a, a 50 foot megalodon swims over him and he just goes 
It's a megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely outstanding work there, Steve. And we're joining us here now by my friend and yours, Mr. Tom Meaton. Hello, <laughs> listeners. I, I don't think there's any doubt that everyone in this room has. The masters. And I like to think of this show as a masterclass. You're right in that way. And of course, you, we know that making people laugh is very hard. The worst gig I ever had was a corporate gig for a bank, and it went so badly. And there was one point I remember having an out-of-body experience, and I, I was just about to get down to my pants, right? And... <laughs> The guy went, you're disgusting! <laughs> you're disgusting! You're disgusting! Every Friday, Nick Helm and the Samuel Metcalfs Fan Club from 12 p.m. You're listening to Food Bar Radio. Food Bar Radio. Food Bar Radio. Access all areas on Food Bar Radio. What a nice young man. Lovely hey. chat. And true, that was probably the first lonely time I'm ever going to hear you say, let's talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> I know, if the words was coming out of my mouth, I don't know, my brain don't... Um, <laughs> don't don't recognise you anymore. It's not a sentence I've said often, but uh, <laughs> it's great chat, though. And really good. interesting to hear what he has to say, you know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, really nice guy. Well, we've got our final guest, one half of Boys Life, uh, uh, Brian McFadden right here ready to come in so let's get him in for the final interview of the show Thanks for joining us Brian how's it going mate? Yeah not too bad not too bad at all just yeah. in the middle of uh, doing our tour rehearsals we started our tour on Monday in Liverpool so today is our first day we should have really started two weeks ago but we decided to have a holiday in Greece for last week instead so oh, nice. if anyone comes to the show and it's a little rough for the first week it's because we wanted to work <laughs> on our tans and our golf swing <laughs> See, How's rehearsals going? Um, we're, we're about to start straight after this. <laughs> oh, so this is literally yeah. it. So you hold on. So wait a second. Your first date is on Monday, did you yeah. say? And yeah. you've just started rehearsals today. No, we haven't, we haven't started yet. So, so they were will, they will about to start the Wednesday. The, we, have the, we have the band and crew in a place in Birmingham, which has set up like the stage where we're going to be playing. And they're working on the music. And we're supposed to be doing, I say choreography. It's more our movements and positioning on the stage. <laughs> Um, and also trying on all our outfits. Now, our stylist um, hasn't seen us in about six months. And uh, let's just say we've been enjoying ourselves for the last six months. So <laughs> there could be a, the sewing machine might be out for the next three days. <laughs> Some added <laughs> panels of, being put in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We might, we might have backless tops on for everything. <laughs> Are you excited to, to get back to, to what you love, Brian? Yeah, I can't wait to get back out. It's, it's the best part of it, you know, being on the road and performing every night. You know, all during the summer you do festivals, but most of them are at the weekend. So you spend most of most of the week just kind of sitting around looking forward to getting back on stage at the weekend. But um, when you get out on a tour like what we're doing now, it just it becomes your life. Um, and and it's, it's so much fun because we've got all our band and crew and back and vocals. And it's like this little team just traveling around the country together. And it's great fun. You know, and, and you, you look forward to every night knowing that you're going to get to do what you love the most, which is singing. And are you guys quite rock and roll behind the scenes? I get the feeling that you might be. Yeah, we are. But this, this tour is, is a bit of a strange one because um, our last couple of tours, the most shows we'd ever do was two, maybe three in a row. And then we'd have a day or two off. Um, but just because of COVID um, and everybody cancelling gigs, every, everybody's kind of just grabbing whatever venues they can get because everybody's going out together to try and tour at the same time. So 
like we've got I think our first few shows is like three four in a row and then it's like four more in a row so when we have that we have to look after ourselves a little bit so we can yeah. only really get smashed on the, 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 the day <laughs> that we've got a day off the next day and are you both yeah. very similar? I guess you're almost like best mates, aren't you? which must be the joy of teaming up together. Absolutely. And I think that's what we love about it. It's two best mates on the road having fun. You know, I've a lot of people, you know, they start in a band and especially in a pop group from the 90s, you know, a boy band or any kind of a pop group. Most of them are put together. They don't know each other and you have to become friends and get to know each other. Um, and you don't really have a choice. It's like going to school or, or getting a job. You don't really have a choice who you work with or who you sit next in school. Uh, but for Keith and I, we were friends and then we started this thing together. So we kind of, we knew we loved each other already. So we kind of, we have this great system together where we know how to look after each other. We know when not to piss the other person off. We know if somebody's in a bad mood, don't push their buttons. We also know how to get them back in a good mood. So we know how to look after each other. So we very rarely have any fights or, or, or bad days. And if somebody is having a bad day, the other person takes care of them. So we're, there's a, a lot of harmony in, in, our, um, in our little setup, which is great. And, and the fact that we, we're both Manchester United fans, we both love golf, we're both from Dublin. We love Guinness. We love vodka. You know, we, we love all the same things. So it's, it makes for quite a happy camp. I was going to say, it's like a dream come true. <laughs> it is a dream come true. It is. <laughs> and what can people expect from a Boy's Life concert? Well, it, it depends. First of all, it depends which night of the week you go on. If you go on a Tuesday, it can be quite calm, you know, because most people have to go to work the next day. Yeah. But if we get a Friday or a Saturday night crowd, we're all proper up for it. We could be on stage for three hours because we'll get up with, you know, we'll be on the same page as them and we'll have a great night. Obviously, we sing all of the hits from Westlife, all the hits from Boyzone, and now we sing um, some of the new Boys Life material as well. But I think the most important thing for us is, is we just have a good crack on the stage. You know, it's a concert, but it's a show as well. You know, we like to interact with the crowd and take the piss out of each other. And, and look, we just take it all with a pinch of salt. The music's important, but just making sure that everybody leaves there having a good night, remembering all these hits from their, you know, from their childhood or from growing up. Um, and walk away with our smile on their face. That's that's our main goal. Do you feel like there is a bit of pressure when you boys do the old stuff from previous bands? Because, like you say, they become soundtracks to people's lives, don't they? It's childhood or music has this kind of thing where you can you remember a relationship or where you yeah. were in your life. Do you kind of feel there's a pressure when it's that? There is a little bit. You you, you can see different people have different. Uh, connections to different songs you know and you know i remember being at a meet and greet and and there was a, two different people came in the same meet and greet and told us a different story about swear it again one person told us that it was their wedding song and they couldn't wait for it and then a couple of people later came and they said that it was their father's uh, song at his funeral so wow. you know, i'm on the stage later that night and i'm thinking shit this is this is kind of hard because in one part of me, I remember that story and I'm going, I'm singing the song with a smile on my face thinking, this is such a happy song for these people. And, and I'm kind of smiling with them and, and feeling it. And then all of a sudden I get that kind of flush over me and I go, shit, there's somebody over there who's probably in tears now because this is bringing back the memory of the person they've lost. So it's incredible how different people take different emotions, and different memories from the songs. And um, it happens with quite a lot of our songs, but, Look, that's the beauty of music, you know. It can be a great comfort or a great joy, and and, and uh, we're just very lucky that we can have those different emotions from different people. 
And what a gift for you to have to, to do that for someone. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's good times or bad, like yeah. music is like, I think that's such a gift to be able to give that to people. Is just like, yeah, well, I know myself as a music fan, Bobby. You know, I, I grew up and I, I think of when I went through bad times in my life and, you know, the darkest parts of my life, I can always remember the songs. And if I hear the song on the radio, I go, oh, shit, I was miserable then. I remember that. I'm like, I wish that bitch Lean Dion would stop singing that song because every time I hear that song, <laughs> every time I hear that fucking song. <laughs> yeah, that is, well, it must be quite weird for you though as well because I guess when you look back at when he recorded those songs, which some could have been sort of like 25, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, whatever. Yeah. And when, do you, when you're in the recording studio making that kind of music, are you ever thinking like, this sounds like something that people's going to soundtrack their lives? Or are you just going in being like, no. I don't know. Like, no, you don't, you don't think like that because... First of all, when you're writing an album, you write so many songs. And the first the first thought that comes across your mind when you finish a song is, will people think it's shit? All right, that's the first thing. And if they do, then you're in trouble. Um, because we all, this, all artists and especially songwriters, we all think that our songs are the best songs ever written, right? We're the most arrogant, egotistical animals <laughs> on the planet. So there's no, I've never written a bad song in my life. Even the shit ones that were never released, they're still brilliant, okay? Full Got it. So you don't think like that. You, you never think that far forward. Um, and it isn't, it, it really isn't until the future, until somebody actually says it to you that you realize what it means to people. Even if you have a, a number one single, you don't know whether people just like that song because they like the melody and they like singing it. Or as you said, if they've had a personal connection with it, whether mm -hmm. they can relate it to their lives. Um, yeah, you know, as I said, like swear it again is a perfect example of the, the amount of people that have had it as a wedding song and a funeral song, you know, and, and you just think of the lyrics of, I'm never going to say goodbye. And you know, that, that can be two things. It can be, I'm never going to say goodbye to you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Or to the person that's just died, I'm never going to say goodbye. I'm going to hold on. You know, it's it's amazing how lyrics and songs can have so many different meanings to so many different people. Very special thing. Now, Brian, moving away from music, I wanted to quickly ask you, mate. You got engaged in 2019 before the madness of the pandemic. Yeah. Any wedding plans? What's going on? No, COVID saved me. <laughs> <laughs> We were supposed to get married. Uh, I forgot to put it off three times. We were getting married in South Africa. And obviously when the, the first pandemic kind of wave hit, we had to cancel it because everyone was locked down. Then everything got lifted and South Africa went back into lockdown. So we had to cancel it again. And then the third time, basically, we were told we could go to South Africa, have the wedding. But when we came back to the UK, South Africa was on the red list. So we'd all have to go into hotel, hotel quarantine. Oh God, I forgot in about hotel holiday. quarantine. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was like, that. that'd be a sexy honeymoon, wouldn't it? We go to a beautiful <laughs> vineyard in South Africa and then spend two weeks in a holiday inn at Gatwick Airport getting margarita pizzas thrown under the door. I was like, no, thanks. No, thanks. No chance. So, are, you, are you just going to play it by ear then? Nothing. But we've got a we've got a baby now, and we got yeah, baby. yeah. Congratulations! So, congratulations! You know what? This is what we said. We were like, I couldn't even imagine trying to start to organise a wedding right now because if I'm not on stage, I'm on my hands and knees running around the floor after the baby. So I think we're going to wait till Ruby's a little bit older and we've a little bit more time and we're a little bit more settled, and then we'll get married. But look, we lived together for nearly six years now. We've got a baby. We are married. We just don't have the piece of paper and haven't been blessed by a priest yeah. yet. That's all, you know. But we're pretty much married. Yeah. The baby's commitment enough, isn't it? Really, like you say, absolutely. What you say in terms of how is the little one? Ah, oh, she's amazing. She's unbelievable. You know, she's 
I've obviously I've got three girls, but Molly and Lily are 21 and, and 19. And you know, when I when I had both of them, mm-hmm. I was in Westlife, so I had no time. We didn't have FaceTime back then. We didn't have any kind of video calls, so I missed so much of them. Their first steps, their first words. I missed so much of that. But I'm seeing absolutely everything with Ruby. I'm pretty much with her every day. She comes everywhere. And if she doesn't come, I can go on FaceTime and I can talk to her and I can see her. And it's just been the most incredible experience of my life. And I just wake up every morning so excited to see her. It, it, it's amazing the difference children can make to your life. Would you like any more, Bri, or straight free? Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, we had IVF treatments to have Ruby. Um, and we, we had a couple of miscarriages. Ruby was our third uh, effort. We had oh, wow. four... So how it works in IVF, I don't know if people know, but we, had, we basically had four fertile eggs. The first two were implanted and they, they miscarried. And then Ruby was the third. And the fourth one is the strongest one. So we're going to wait probably a few more months and then we're going to have a try with that last egg. And if that happens, brilliant. And if not, I'm 42. I want to enjoy. I don't want to be 70 when my kids are 18, you know. I want to still be able to go and have a little party when they go to college, you know. Exactly. And are you hoping to continue... Do you want all girls or would you like a little Brian to be the last one? Uh, do you know what? At this stage, I'd take another girl at this stage. You know, I'd, I'd have a girl band then, wouldn't they? A little four-piece girl band. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd, be there'd be quite like the, the age difference between them. <laughs> yeah, well, look at the Nolans. They'd be like the Nolans, wouldn't they? Fair. Exactly. Yeah. I'm my own little table. Your room. middle daughter, a few, um, God, a few months ago now, she's got a very, very wise head on her shoulders, isn't she? Yeah, she's a good kid. She, she'd buy and sell you, that chick, i tell you one thing. <laughs> she would absolutely buy and sell you. She's unbelievable. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, it's so funny. My, my three daughters are so different. You know, they're, 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 even Ruby, who's only 16 months, you look at her personality compared to, to Lily's, it was just... She's the wild one, and then Molly's so different. There's so, there's just three different personalities. Um, but nice, yeah, yeah, it is great. But you know, maybe a boy, but then again, I think about a boy, and I'm like, fuck, I don't think the world needs another little me running around the place. <laughs> Fucking hell, one is, bad enough. <laughs> one is bad enough. <laughs> uh, well, Brian, thank you so much for talking to us uh, this evening, and um, best of luck with the tour. And you've got a lot of work to do this evening, so best I just realized we're on radio, aren't we? So, and I've been using loads of bad language. I oh, we're no, we're allowed, we're allowed. This oh, we're is allowed. Right. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, we almost insist on it, mate. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> have a good one. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you so Talk much, mate. With the tour, mate. Cheers, boys. Bye, bye Maddie. Bye. Sly dog. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> what a, what a good laugh he is. Any just. I mean, he's got a lot of work ahead of him though. If they're really starting rehearsals today, and it's Wednesday, and they're on on this on on uh, stage on Monday. But I get the vibe that that's just like the boys' life thing. Like, you know, that's just what they're like. So good for them. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? Two best friends, they know what they can do. They know how it all works. Do you know what? I'm sure they could rock up an hour before and still smash it out and do it. Yeah, to, to be fair, to be fair. Yeah, good point. Oh, uh, what a lovely show, Stephen. What a lovely show. What have you got coming up this week, Bob? Anything exciting? I'm heading out for um, a Turkish tonight. Delicious, delicious. I'm going to go and have a chicken shish. Lovely. Bit below me. Yeah. Treat myself. And... Uh, and then catching up with a couple of school friends at the weekend, which will be really nice. It feels like it's been forever and a day. Very um, nice. How about you, babe? I'm also out tonight. I'm off to the uh, the V&A, the Victorian Albert in, in uh, South Ken, South Kensington. Oh, yeah. 
for an exhibition. And um, and then this weekend I've got a friend's birthday, which is going to be quite raucous, I think. So, uh, times. so yeah, maybe a little bit messy may uh need some uh what's those drinks the thing you put in the drinks that fizz up the next day like oh kind of, um oh gosh yeah you know the thing i mean um yeah, yeah. Uh, alcus alcus seltzer isotonic something uh i think i'll need probably to get in some of them on the saturday in preparation uh because yeah he, he, he likes to throw a party so um uh, so yeah that's that's the plan happy um, days. yeah happy days indeed um well uh until next week, everyone, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye, guys.